Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by a commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Today we have another podcast replay. As we mentioned in the past, podcast replays are where we share with you one of the most popular and most listened to episodes of the Deal Room Podcast. Now in today's podcast replay, we have an episode that we recorded with the fabulous Edward Chan, the co-founder of Chan and Naylor Accountants and the business wise mentoring for accountants. Ed provides such great insight into growing your business through mergers, and acquisitions that we made this a two-part series. This replay is part one where Ed and I discuss the ways to grow your business and where we touch on the four risk areas of buying a business. Now, if you want to listen to part two of this episode, then check out our show notes and we'll give you the details there of listening to part two of this episode as well. This episode has been one of the most loved episodes and we can't wait to share it with you again. So sit back, relax, and here's our podcast replay with Edward Chan. Ed, can I just say a massive thank you for coming back onto the podcast? It's great to have you. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) Okay. So now we're talking about in this episode, growing your business through mergers and acquisitions. So we're going to talk a little bit about the strategy, the journey, the roadblocks and some tips. So I guess obviously um, here on the Deal Room podcast, this is what we talk about day in, day out. But I think it's always great to be able to have people on the show that have been there at the coalface actually sitting amongst a practice as uh, or a business as it's gone through acquisitions and mergers to give you you know a real warts and all perspective so you know maybe ed let's just start off with just a bit of your background of your forays into this area of mergers and acquisitions sure um as as everybody probably knows i'm i'm co-founder of uh, chan and ayla we've got 11 offices around Australia, and from that we've developed the WISE mentoring uh, mentoring for accounting firms. But coming back to uh, Chan and Ayla, there's three ways to grow your, your business. And the first one is through, you know, word of mouth, organic um, growth and digital marketing. That's one way. The other way is to do what I call product monetization, which is um, look at your clients and there's a lot more services that they require from you. And because most accountancy firms are not monetizing their database well enough, and, you know, and that's a second way that you can do it. And then a third way is through acquisitions. Mm. And acquisitions are a little bit trickier because you've got a, a level of debt that comes with when you buy something, when you, you've got to go and borrow money and, and to buy it. And, you know, when you include debt into something, then you, you increase your risk a little. And so you have to be careful because often when you go and buy a practice, the, the, you, you think you're buying something and then you end up with quite a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, mainly for a lot of reasons. The first one is, and, and I always say, um, Joanna, when you go buy a practice, there's four risk areas. The first one is the vendor, the owner of the business 
<clears throat> selling and, and leaving. In what way? What way do you see that as the risk, the vendor leaving? Vendor's got a very close relationship with the clients and mm-hmm. they've been dealing with, you know, him or her all these years and if, if all of a sudden they're no longer there, then they'll leave. Mm. And and some of them will leave and they're just waiting for the person to do something. Like, like clients don't like change. So yeah. you change anything, you know, they don't like to change and that gives them gives, gives them an excuse or a reason to move on. Mm. So the, 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 the biggest risk is the vendor leaving. So, and, and because the vendor is selling, he's the one that's sort of creating a change to the client's relationship. And so that's the biggest risk. The second one is a moving office. So often when someone buys you, they want you to move to their office. And if you move office, then you create a change to the clients. And mm. they, again, you know, clients don't like change. Mm. And the third thing is uh, the staff leaving. So if there's some long-term staff there and they've created some long-term relationships with those clients, if they leave, often, you know, they leave for different reasons, but, you know, if they left to start their own practice, a lot of the clients will leave and go with them. And uh, and the last one is the changing of the name, mm. the brand, which is, you know, it's not that significant, but but it is still there. So the idea of an acquisition, a, a you know, a smooth acquisition is to try and minimise all those all those risk areas. And the one, the, the first one is the, the biggest risk, which is the vendor leaving. So how do we do that? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked the question, Ed, because <laughs> I was going <laughs> to ask it next because, I mean, the, the reality is that we see um, that in many instances uh, when someone is looking to sell a practice or, or business or like an accounting practice, they're doing it because they want out. Mm. And, you know, either they're ready to retire or they're just sick of the business. You know, they've lost lost that passion for it. <laughs> so, so, so how is it that... That you deal with that element then because that seems like a fairly common issue well you know often that the practitioner is the product and the brand it's uh, the brand and the product is the person as opposed to a shop that sells products and, and it's often the, the relationships not with the product but with the with the shop itself and the location but with an accountancy practice both the brand and the product is the practitioner the the vendor. So it, it is at a heightened uh, level of risk because of that relationship. So mm. the best way to do it for, for everybody, because it's got to be a win-win for everybody, it's got to be a win for the clients, it's got to be a win for the vendor, it's got to be a win for the buyer, and it's also got to be a win for the staff. And the best win-win-win is to start that process early. And the longer that you transition, the better it is. And, and I've seen some buyers go in there and they – you know, move the vendor out <laughs> after a few weeks. Yeah. Big mistake. They're not seeing it from the client's point of view or they're seeing it from their own point of view. Mm. You know, they may not like the vendor. They're getting in the way or they're doing things that they don't like doing. Mm. And you can't see it from your own point of view. You've got to see it from the client's point of view. Mm. Because at the end of the day, if you borrow a dollar to buy a dollar in, in fees, it's okay to borrow that money because you've got an asset on the other side. But if you lose that asset, you're left with a debt with no asset. That's the worst situation to be in. Mm. So it is at a heightened risk. So you want to make sure that the clients come over. Just on that point, you, you know, because I, I've seen it play out a few times in business sales with vendors 
staying on for a period of time, there being this real tension between the buyer, the buyer and the seller, effectively, because they both have different ways about how they think the business should be run. I think sellers quite often are going through an emotional process themselves, like their business baby that they've built over all of these years, you know, and now someone else is stepping in and they want to do it a different way. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you, you know, if you are a, an acquirer, you're a buyer, you've decided to do this as part of the growth of your own business or accounting practice, and you you recognise that it's a risk if the yeah. vendor leaves too quickly before you've had the opportunity to transition the relationship. I guess this is what you're saying is an important exactly. transition yeah. the relationship. What strategies have you seen work really well in terms of allowing the vendor and the purchaser to work together without butting heads and not overlapping each other? Because is that, I mean, is that an issue that you've seen as as well? Yeah, absolutely, uh, 100%. But in, in both cases, it's a lot of ego. Yeah. And, uh, and they're not seeing it. Look, I, I always see it from the client's point of view because, you know, if they walk, then, you know, everybody loses, you know. Yeah. You, you can have the biggest ego in the world, but, you know, if you lose lose that client, you're left with a debt with no asset. And mm. it's really silly to, to run on your ego. I mean, I, I, would, I don't have any ego when it comes to losing money. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I do is I, I just don't change anything in that first year. Right. So whatever the whatever the vendor wants to do, I, you know, I just let him do whatever he wants to do, and I right. run the practice exactly the way that he ran it. Right. If you see it from the client's point of view, you just come in and they don't know who you are. They they're very skeptical, you know, and they don't like being sold because mm. they're not a commodity. Mm. And you know, how dare you sell me? So big. Mm. So you've got to win their trust, and you know you, you you don't you don't just earn that trust overnight. You've, mm. you've got to earn it. You've got to because they are skeptical and they are cynical and they don't know who you are. So the emotional bank account is very low, and so you've got to build that that trust back up. And the best way to build the best way to build trust is softly, softly, mm. and to bring the vendor with you. He or she's going to be your greatest advocate. And uh, your greatest, you know, uh, um, your your PR machine to uh, make sure that the clients stay the way they are. So I I, mm. I don't change anything. I just go in there, same pricing, same mm. same everything. If, mm. if if the clients do this and that, we do this and that until they get to know you. And then once they've got your trust, then you can start making small changes. Right, very very small changes. All right, so so you don't change when they don't trust you. It's it's very silly to change things when they already when they're already um, upset by the whole situation. I just have to reiterate. I think they're very very wise words because us as lawyers sitting in our seat can see a lot of instances of these transactions getting a bit ugly uh, when you, you've got the buyer and seller working too closely together. So this is absolutely right on in terms of the advice you're providing. I love it. it. It's really sensible. So leave everything the same for a year, get their trust, and then start to make small incremental changes. Because that's what it is. Yeah. You know, that's all it is. I want to do my way. Yeah. And you know, they're not seeing it from the client's point of view. They're seeing it from their own point of view. Mm. So just pack your ego, look at it from the client's point of view. If you're not going to look at it from the client's point of view, if you're only going to look at it from your own point of view, just – just think about this. You don't want to be left with a debt and no asset. Yeah. So you want to make sure that those clients transition. 
And generally speaking, the vendor wants wants them to transition well as well because generally when you go buy a practice, there is a retention. Mm. Uh, so they want their retention. Mm. They won't get their retention if the client leaves. So mm. it's in both the vendor and the buyer's interest to make sure they work together to transition them. And yes, you're right, Joanna. I've I've, I've seen lots of egos and lots of you know lots of battles and you know and but. It's really silly because they're not, you know, both of them lose sight of the fact that it's a client that's the most important and they've got to, you know, take a bit of, eat a bit of humble pie, so to speak, to to get this done. And generally it's only, it's only six to 12 months and, uh, you know, the the longer it is, the better it is, but often you can get it done within, within 12 months. And, um, and it, and it goes like this. You, you need to get the vendor to introduce them to you. Uh, and face-to-face introduction is, is the best. Mm. And then you follow it up with a, a couple of letters or you might start off with a letter and then uh, with a face-to-face introduction. And then it really helped if vendor, you know, came to the next several meetings so that um, the client can still see that he or she's still around. Mm. And then, you know, until eventually, you know, they... They get to know you, they get to trust you, and then you can then sever that relationship. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I can't stress that enough. So, um, you know, park the ego, uh, focus on the client's welfare. If both parties focus on the client's welfare, then, you know, it should work It should work a lot better. And I guess if we're talking about a vendor perspective as well, because you're absolutely right, one of the um, very regular elements of these sorts of deals is a retention or an earn out or, or whatever you want to call it, which means that the vendor is still intricately linked to the performance of the business over whatever that period of time is of the retention or the earn out. So maybe it really makes sense from a vendor perspective as well, if you're the one who's exiting the business, to be having this discussion right up front at the beginning, you know, when you're when you're looking for the right buyer for your business, to understand, to have someone on the journey with you to buy your business that will be implementing this sort of process, you know, having these discussions early, because often I find even though the parties communicate in relation to, you know, what business is going to look like, I still find that there's not perhaps enough communication about how they will actually work together in this transition period and exactly what that will look like. So maybe it's about that communication piece front-ended into the discussion. So the discussion about the sale isn't just about commercial terms of how much are you going to pay me. It's also about, well, how is this going to look? Because, you, you know, it's one thing to be focused on price, it's another thing to actually get that money in your pocket at the end of the day, right? And that, and and what we're talking about is the win-win-win all round. You know, keeping yeah. the clients feeling safe, secure, and happy, and in the one place makes both the um, the buyer and the seller happy at the end of the day. Absolutely, especially in an accounting type of business, because it is, you know, really about relationships, and you know, and these clients might have had. You know, he might have been coming to see this person, this accountant, for you know twenty years or thirty mm. years. Mm. years. There's a really you know strong relationship there, mm. and he's, he or she's not going not going to be there anymore. Mm. So uh, the the clients are, are feeling apprehensive, you know, and they don't know who you are, so they're a bit you know, cynical and skeptical. So you've got to ease your way in, win their respect, you know, earn your respect, and it's only through time and effort can you earn people's respect Mm. and from the vendor's point of view 
you know, like often when I, as a buyer, I always say to the vendor, look, I only want to pay you for what I'm getting. So if I'm not getting it, I don't want to pay you for it. You know, I don't want to underpay you, but also don't want to overpay you. Yeah. Just want to pay you for exactly what I'm getting. So if clients are not going to come across, then I'm not going to pay for that. Mm. And that's fair enough. And then there's always the question of, you know, who caused the client to leave? Yes. It gets very emotional because the vendor has had a very close and strong relationship with the client and he or she doesn't understand that he or she finds it difficult to see it from the client's perspective because the client is apprehensive about this new person coming through and the Mm. vendors are often only seeing it from his own point of view. As in, you know, I've been looking after all these years and, uh, you know, you come along in one year and the client's left, so it can't be my fault, it must be yours. But he or she has to understand that it's the vendor who's created this change circumstances within the client. So it's not the purchaser who created the change circumstance. It's actually the vendor mm. because he wants to sell. So he's changing the circumstances with the client. There's going to be some fallout. Mm. And that's the first part. Then the second part of the fallout is that some of the clients, that the majority of the clients are okay if you do the handover properly, but there's going to be, you know, the last 20% who's going to be broken up into are the ones that, will go they'll go well you know i was planning to leave anyway and then now that you you know you're selling your business i'm going to go or you know they they just don't like change so they don't like the new owner and then and then others will go okay i'll give this guy a go and you know a year later he for whatever reason because the new guy does it differently because you know he's got a, he's a different person and and there's slight changes in the way they do it is enough to make that other person leave and that will happen after a year. So generally the retention period covers, you know, both sides. I, I always say to the vendor when I'm when I'm buying that in the nicest way is that you're creating a change for your clients and that's what's creating the apprehension. Mm. And uh, and I will try and do the best I can to work with you and to minimize any changes from the client's perspective. Because it, it's a it's a drastic change now, and because of your leaving, so I don't want to change anything else. So prices are the same, everything's exactly the same. Even the letterheads are the same. Mm. You know, we, we might have joint branding for a couple of years with, you know, the first year with you know, big writing uh, his brand at the top and my brand, a small brand at the bottom, and then next year my brand becomes bigger and his gets smaller. <laughs> <laughs> the third year it disappears, you know. So uh, the so, three-year uh, letterhead transition. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So we do that sometimes. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our podcast replay of episode 120, Conversations at the Coalface, How to Grow Your Business or Accounting Practice Through Acquisitions with Ed Chan. This was just the first half of a two-part series, and if you're interested to hear part two, then just head down to our show notes and you can click there on the link to the episode to part two. So just a quick recap of this episode. In this episode, we looked at the three main ways to grow your business, organic growth, product monetization, and acquisitions. We also discussed areas of risk when merging or acquiring businesses. This series is valuable listening, particularly if you're running an accounting practice or a business in which you're looking to grow. So if you're interested in talking to our lawyers about anything related to this topic, then head over to our website at www www.aspectlegal.com 
www.legalcoaching.com.au to book a free 15-minute discussion with our legal team. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player to get notifications straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers or even if you're listening to this podcast for the first time. Thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and The Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Have you heard of Aspect Legal's partner program? Our partner program is a free program that's open to brokers, corporate advisors, accountants, and any other advisors to businesses who are dealing with organizations that are leading into a sale or acquisition of businesses or shares. As part of our partner program, we offer free access to our legal hotline, which is a support line to our specialist lawyers. We also provide a pre-free sale legal review to buyers and sellers where we educate them about the process and timelines from a legal perspective. And the third element that forms part of this partner program is a match-up database that we run where effectively we're able to connect up accountants or brokers or corporate advisors with businesses who are looking to either sell or acquire. So if you're a partner of ours, you go straight into that partner database and where we can see opportunities to provide matchups, then we introduce you. And the final element of our partner program is ongoing education in the form of seminars, webinars, and meetups. And that's something new that we're introducing into the partner program in early 2020. So if you're not a partner, then all you need to do to become a partner is just pop us an email at partners at aspectlegal.com. And just simply say in your subject column, I want to become a partner. It's as easy as that to get immediate access to our free legal hotline and all of those other resources. We look forward to having you on board as a partner. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 